talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of More Like the Worst Wing. Our show where we take a look at Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a modern-day 2019 socialist leftist perspective. I am Dave. And I am Stu. And we are here to talk about... (laughs) And that was theatrical. (laughs) The Indians in the Lobby. Uh, The entitled episode that paints a very neat picture as to what is one of the main plot arcs of this episode. But we will get to that in a moment. First, we want to talk about this weird as fuck, (laughs) like... Cold open. We thought last week's cold open was weird. (laughs) Right, okay. Now, I get that, obviously, the joke here is that the situation is awkward and uncomfortable, and I think it's better when we get to the part where CJ goes over the line, but it just starts off with them just having the most mindless... Boring yeah, like banter. Small talk. Like, and not only that, because they've small talk before, but they're doing it in such a dumb way. Like, they're talking at the level of, like, a, a fucking f- four-year-old. Or, like, they're they're you know? standing like, around it, like, after mass with strangers or something in a church. Right, where it's, it's like, just well, like, hmm, farms, huh? You know yeah. what they have? They have animals. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's the level of discourse yes. going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. And then, like, I get... Okay, so it ultimately lets up to the point of, like, CJ gets so fed up with this... The the mind-numbingness of this whole awkward conversation that she's just like, honestly, sir, just like, fucking... I so forgot what we came... We were even in here to talk <laughs> about. And she's like... He's like, you know that point line where you're not supposed to go past the president? You kind of went way beyond it just now. Yeah. Then, so it, okay. it leads up to that, which is a funny whatever... And then, okay, so which then leads into our actual, uh, the latter half of the cold open, where CJ commits the cardinal sin of West Wing, celebrating a vacation (laughs) before it's begun. Pretending like you can stop working. Yeah, uh, because if you ever announce your intentions for a vacation or to just even be away from work, uh, that is a recipe to have work slam its way into you, which it does with the titular uh, Indians in the lobby. As two Native Americans, which the show continues to say Indians in, you know, what, this is 2001 now? fashion, yeah. Yeah, just keeps going. No one even says Native Americans throughout the entire episode. I'm pretty, pretty certain. Yep. Um, so that's fun. Uh, and so they have shown up because uh, they are owed a decision on some sort of, you know, treaty, land matter. You know, everything with Native with Native Americans comes back to, you know, uh, we, we stole all their land. <laughs> Yeah. As, as this episode will go well out of its way to point out for credit where credit's due, it does a very good job of painting the various atrocities we have committed amongst the Native peoples. Well, it's also like, um, not, it makes me feel like an asshole for talking about it this way, but it's very much in a, um, like in, in a frame that the show itself takes pains to set up as very legitimate. It's not like, yes, there's, there's not like crying grievances or like people on horses in the middle of the, and understanding that that is integral to native indigenous people's culture is fine. But in the, in the oeuvre of the West wing, it actually goes, it's like, Hey, like I'm a lawyer and I'm here with this guy and we're representing ourselves to the government right. in completely good faith. And 
it puts it in a frame of of complete legitimacy within again the show's yes. space. Yes, uh, and as as the details of their plot unravel, we find out more and more that it's how legitimate it is, and that they've been waiting on an answer for literally like fifteen years. Well, and I, uh, I cra- like, crazy shit like that. <laughs> when we <laughs> these people are introduced, first of all, CJ acknowledges the irony. Is written to acknowledge the irony <laughs> yes. that it is Thanksgiving. The, yes, and they the are, day before Thanksgiving, and they are yeah. Indians, and also. Like, she comes in and says, I can't remember what the lead-up to it is. She's like, well, you can't just stand here in the lobby. And the yeah. the Native American guy just says, well, then you can forcibly remove us. And it's, right. It's so fucking with, good. With, with the air of, like, <laughs> like you did before. It's so good. I've, I think yeah. this is the first time in a long time that I've laughed legitimately, like, heartily belly laugh out loud <laughs> while watching this show. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's very good. And so, for the rest of the episode, they keep joking about just the inherent funniness of the phase the phrase. There's two Indians in the lobby, where other characters are like, "What is that code for something? Or are you starting a joke? Or like, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm just accurately describing to you the state of the White House right now." Yeah, and they, uh, it's. So this episode was bad. Yeah, I let's, did not care for it. <laughs> let's get that out of the way. There, there's just there. A, there's a lot of shit going on. It all it seems very mishmashed. And the again, I think the problem with it is that it is there are several things that they wanted to, I guess not dig in on, but like portray. Like we right. know we know things about politics, but they also struggle as TV writers do within the framing of it's like guys, we got to have a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It definitely feels like that part of it is forced. So they in. just they just threw a bunch of things in a hopper and were like, "Well, can you make these seem urgent because these people want to go on vacation?" Like, right, which is of course the the plot device that West Wing loves to go to and has already used like a half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Here we are in season three, and we'll use it, continue to use it more and more as it reinforces the Protestant work ethic of work must work all yeah. seven days. Must be no work. vacations is good if work. Yeah, and so <laughs> we get into uh, the next thing that comes up is that they are <laughs> a high schooler in Georgia. Right murdered his teacher in the classroom somehow got away got onto mm-hmm. a plane and flew to rome mm-hmm. and the italians yeah. are refusing to extradite him or honor their extradition treaty with the united states unless i they have can... no idea how this kid wasn't like picked up at the fucking <laughs> like, airport the like fuck? how did it even get to here <laughs> but yes but this is the state of things and yeah, the Italians won't extradite because Georgia is going to fucking fry that kid in the electric chair. Shoot off my gun! <laughs> so, like, this is this becomes a source of dr- dramatic <laughs> tension. And so Josh is tasked with going to talk to the Italian consulate, basically, to be like, Hey, um, will you send him back? Because right. it's states' rights to, right. you know... Murder children. Apparently. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, so moving so forward, we gets... get another thing with Toby. Oh, my fucking oh, God. God. And the fucking poverty rate. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> this they've, they've come out with a new definition for the poverty rate that more accurately reflects the fact that, oh, shit, turns out we have a fuckload of poor people in America. Who'd have thought hmm. in this land of growing inequality? <laughs> Even back in the days of the dot-com boom, we still had it. 
even in the glorious 90s that we all think was so wonderful. Uh, turns out there were already a shitload of poor people, and we've only added more to it. Uh, so, the old formula, uh, basically, the, the, the whatever department implements this wants to implement the new formula that is much more accurate and doesn't have, like, 30% of, of costs being food. Uh, and it you know, reflects health insurance and transportation costs and all that sort of thing. However, if they implement the new, this new formula, it will look like all of a sudden there are 4 million more poor people than there used to be. However, obviously, the poor people were still there. They just weren't being counted accurately. <laughs> they just weren't being t- deemed Acknowledged. to be poor because of this number that has right. existed since 1963. This is a piece of trivia I learned from C-SPAM. Huh. Yeah, so obviously it's good policy for them to implement the the new rule. However, they think it's all it's all in all about campaign optics and how this is going to make the campaign look bad because all of a sudden the Republicans will be like, "Look, there's more poor people than ever before," <laughs> uh, just, and and people will be dumb and, and fall for and it. And that is Toby's biggest concern. Like he starts to flip right. his shit out because he's like, right. "Well, gee, well, Jesus." We, we can't call them poor because then we'd have to help them. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. And like, so they, they allude to the fact, like, by the way, do you actually want to like help the poor people situation? Everyone's like, sure. Yeah, we'll get to that too. But first we got to deal with the optics. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so fucking, the priorities so are completely backwards. And then Sa- Sam fucking pulls every shitty neolib trick in the book to try to get them to delay the ruling of like, oh, but don't you want to go do a study for a couple of years and, you know, test the math out? And, oh, but what about, you know, this one weird edge case that I just thought up off the top of my head? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's it's every, it's every fucking excuse I've seen for not actually doing anything. You know, this is, this is the con in Congress that, that gets nothing done. Like, that's what Sam is doing right here. Oh, and then the um, like the throwaway thing for the rest of the episode is President Bartlett's secret turkey recipe obsession. Well, uh, which leads ultimately to the very funny butterball hotline moment. Yes. Which, you know, to be fair, is funny, but also has <laughs> nothing really to say about it so, other than it's funny. Yeah, well, and, and those are the things that are going on throughout this episode. I think actually that was a tight 10, man. Let's uh, take a break. And we'll yeah. come back and probably, probably fucking dig in on some Indian stuff or something. Sure. Yeah, so basically the episode just keeps going on these lines. Um, CJ goes back and forth between her office and talking to various staffers about the Indians in the lobby. Um, <laughs> so they bring up, you know, it's kind of like, it, it feels like an extended Teladonna for the benefit of the audience right. to be like, this is 
this is what our relationships were with the native tribes that we spent hundreds of years displacing and murdering. Right, and how we did it all, quote-unquote, legally, with all these nice little acts and treaties that, you know, just shuffle them back and forth until, oops, all of a sudden we took away, like, pretty much all of your land. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, and because we are now the sovereign, you know, of course it was legal. Right. Like, we wrote these laws, so... Exactly. And they passed, so, of course... And this is something that the show, again, like, taking back some of that credit it was due... Mm-hmm. That it doesn't really, it doesn't really care to. Oh, it doesn't touch on. Yeah, it doesn't all. touch on that at all. To be fair, but and, it does. It does at least acknowledge the in, the inherent injustice to their plight. Yeah, know? which is, I mean, you know, twenty years ago. Okay, you know, we'll we'll. Uh, it, you know, I, this I feel is, like this, I don't actually have to give it we were, to them. This is back when we were getting the Native American kid on Hey Dude being played by a Mexican. So like mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> For the time, True. it was it was okay to you know it was it's at least acknowledging the the major problems America has had with its native population. Well, and I think okay, I mean, to give small credit, like yeah, they spent a lot of screen time on them just yes. talking about it, and also yeah. it's it's in con- and it's they in let, the context of Thanksgiving, so. and they let the native people speak for themselves, which yes. is not you know they don't have CJ you know they have CJ do a little bit of the Teledonna thing, but it's you know they have the Native American characters also deliver much more, you know, they're, it's, they're shown as equals, essentially. Yeah. They're on equal intellectual footing with our mains. Uh, and in fact, they're, they're cleverer because they thought ahead of time to phone up some press and to have them there (laughs) in case that they did have to be forcibly removed from the lobby. It would create quite the story. Uh, and they know that that would get the, uh, the pressure on the government to address their claims. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if it's if it's good or bad that they like they they tip they tip show their hand immediately in that yes. regard because I think it's I think it's no, signaling think, uh, to CJ know. that that they know what they're doing. Right, they're basically saying yeah. like, look, we we're the hostage. Here's you know here's the hostage takers. Like yeah. this is this is gonna go down our way or we're about to pull this ripcord. You know yeah. over here. Yeah, it, it's it's an interest. I I think it's it's definitely it's, a threat. You know. Yeah. And it's a more, polite one, but a threat nonetheless. Yeah, and it's it's actually like I think again, as much as this episode was kind of insufferable, like this, the, this series bit of, is okay. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. plot of it is the best bit of the episode by far. I'll definitely agree on that. Uh, it's all the other bits that are really insufferable, <laughs> particularly particularly Josh's bit. But we'll get to that in its own segment. Yeah. So. Um, we get more back and forth between uh, Sam and Toby about the fucking poverty line, and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and they're they're dealing with this woman from I'm assuming HHS. She's yeah, she's the one who wants to actually whose whose department came up with the rule and wants to implement it. And they're just being so goddamn chauvinistic and condescending about it. Where yes. he like enters conversation with her and is like. Hey, Bernie. And she's like, my name's Bernice. And he's like, can I call you Bernie? She's like, no. And I, it's yeah, just it's like, very but white you guy. Like, yeah, like, Sam, when he tries to be charming and fails, it comes, it's so, it's so, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, it's bad. It's, it's Princetonian. Bad. It's like, oh, well, you know. It's very assumptive. It's very chauvinistic, I guess, is a fine yeah. word. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, but I'm the man. I know what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> And God. yeah, oh, okay. So then, meanwhile, I want to talk about the Bruno's situation. Okay. Yeah. So Bruno 
it has this thing going on with the president where the president is debating as to whether or not he wants to go to what Camp David for Thanksgiving because that's what the open was about. Yes. Um, with his family or stay in the White House. And then he gets incensed when uh, accidentally the wrong poll gets sent to like his briefing folder. And he reads a poll that happened where Bruno polled about uh, would the American public rather have Bartlett have Thanksgiving in the White House or go to Camp David or go back to his ha- you know New Hampshire farm? Uh, basically, you know where where should they have Thanksgiving? And Bartlett is super upset about this because he thinks he's politicizing his family and he's like very very mad about this for stupid reasons. And then Bruno has a great like very okay odd <laughs> metaphor yeah. where just he just launches into it completely bizarre nowhere he's like i can't <laughs> i don't like talking to people who don't race sailboats and bartlett's like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought i was an asshole yeah and so he launches into this whole weird fucking metaphor about like you don't don't you know you're causing a problem more by digging like picking at it essentially yes uh, and, and like, you getting all hopped up about it is the problem, Mr. President. There was no problem in just doing the stupid poll. Like, we do a million stupid polls. It's fine. It gets... No one cares. Yeah, and it's it's clear that it's, like, Bartlett's problem is that he... And I think what it's designed to do is set up the contrast between Bruno and Bartlett and mm-hmm. be like... Bruno is the is the ice cold operator, and Bartlett's getting all hot and emotional. Right, right. Whereas Bruno says, like, look, if this gets us one percent extra in the polls, if you have Thanksgiving where the yeah. public prefers it, then I'm gonna take it because that's such an easy thing we can do. And the implication when he says like you've used up your off limits, right thing, yeah, um, with the is MS that stuff. Well, yeah, but it's it's also that it's like if you want to campaign professionally, like. A, you take advantage of everything possible, and B, like, you're the product that's right. being sold. Right, here. you can't, so, you have to do, you know, you, doing what do the public everything wants. everything you can, yeah. It, yeah, is the kind of the point of campaigning. You're here to yeah. win over the public, like, that's what an election is. Yep. So, so, yeah, Bruno basically just holds his feet to the fire and kind of slaps some sense into him with his odd shipping uh, ship related metaphors that he will continue to employ later in the episode (sighs) yeah very strange um and then so we'll get oh yeah 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 so josh in his first non-political corruption Mm -hmm. actually just goes over to the italian consulate to talk to oh yeah this is this bit's great the charge d'affaire. This guy fucking guy. rules. Yeah. I, lo- I love this <laughs> he's guy. Awesome. Um, Who basically just he's... lays out like the rest of the world's viewpoint on America having the death penalty. Yes. And he's, and he's like, look, man, even fucking China doesn't execute under children, 18, un- pe- you know, uh, people under eighteen. Fucking China. <laughs> and and Josh basically after he spends. Sometime owning him in a sonorous Italian accent. Josh is like, I hate it when you guys, like, make my point for me. I'm like, well, yep. And honestly, the, the whole time you're just sitting here thinking, like, hey, reverse patriarchy's a bitch. Like, 
You, yeah. Everybody needs to deploy the type of condescension that people that from Josh the US normally uses. does yeah. on on everyone else. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can just tell he's like, oh, so this is what being on the other end of this feels like. <laughs> yeah. Never I mind that we won't I don't learn like anything. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't learn anything from it. But no, still, it's just really. At least he's made uncomfortable for a good hot minute there. Oh, and it's encouraging to see it, you know, being being put being into the writing. Yeah, yeah, being brought up, like where you know he gets the final word. He's he's viewed as the right one, and Josh with his little like espresso cup at the end, like yeah. daintily <laughs> sipping away after he's been owned. Yeah. Oh, and there's a little bit here. I guess it's a New Yorker thing where they're talking about this book for oh, kids. Right. My wife knows what it is, and she's talked about it all her life. And I'm like, I have never. I've never heard of it either, but I'm not a New Yorker. You are. But I don't know. That's that's the thing. It's like, it must only be because she was, she lived in New York when she was a kid too. Mm. So it's gotta be something to do with New York, Connecticut. Because it's about a a bridge in New York City, a lighthouse in New York City. But anyway, I just, it's like, oh. I'm sure you just activated like a half a dozen of our listeners. I'm like, (laughs) I know that book. (laughs) Other, other people besides her know that this is a thing so much (laughs) though that it's in a TV show. Yeah, so there must have been a writer who yeah. who knew about it. So, yeah, that's cute or whatever. Um, do we want to take another quick break here and then talk about Josh's political corruptions? And- yep, because Josh gets owned by the ambassador and then is left on his own recognizance to try right. and solve this problem. To try, yeah, so now he's got, how do we get the kid back or how do we get the DA to guarantee that they won't give the death penalty? Because that's really the only way to get the kid back is to assure Italy that, okay, we will not execute. <laughs> it's a bit of a pickle, so let's take a break and we can talk a little bit more about that. So, so Josh is left to deal with the the murderer of the teacher kid situation. So now he goes to Leo, and uh, Leo tells him about the former. I forget the exact whatevers, but whatever. There's a, the former DA who lost his election is also like the current uh, DA who's trying the case, and so. He says, go go to him and basically offer him election funding for his next election in exchange for him not doing the death penalty on the kid, and that way we can get the kid back from Italy. So this is basically, like, super standard quid pro quo corruption. Like, political corruption at its core, right here. And Leo tells Josh to go do it. Yeah, and also, um, the... <laughs> I, I find something, and again, I lived in the South for some time, and yes, it's a shithole, but not like a shithole any more than any place else in this fucking country. The, right. I, I struggled to put this, like, this framing into words because it's the presumption that... Yes, I, I get what you're that saying. That Georgian, yeah. like, voters who would elect SDA, just the, the default is that because these poor benighted Southerners live 
you know, in the land of cotton, their their perspective is just going to be they're just going to be baying for the blood of a child. We must we <laughs> must murder this kid <laughs> who murdered just, his teacher. And, it, it's it's if you use a couple of different words to phrase it like almost exactly that way, like th- it makes no sense that that is what the political calculus is presumed to be. Well, not just presumed. I mean, literally confirmed where he does push back on, you know, when Josh asks him like, hey, can we maybe not do the death penalties? Like, you can't tell me how to prosecute my case. Yeah. And in a very way that's saying like, no, I'm going for the death penalty. Yeah. Well- <laughs> and that like. And that maybe the people expected of him. Yeah, and also... Yeah, and like it, again, you're right. It's this assumption that, like, they're all, po- you know, poor and dumb and baying for blood because because of those first two things. Well, like, and it's also, it's funny because it it just confirms the Italian guy's condescension, which is great. Yes. In a way, but that's not what the show's trying to do. No, it doesn't really highlight any of this as being particularly bad in any way. Yes, and it's that's not it. even Josh's actions. Like it's all just pain as like, oh, Josh accomplished his task for the episode. Good job, Josh. Like it's not you know, we get no sort of indication that this is bad, that, you know, there's no it's not it's so There's no moral I element. don't know. There's no moral There's zero moral. In it. It's more just like, hey, this is the way things get done, you know? Yeah, and 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 we don't get to challenge that assumption at all. And there's never like you can almost tell, and I can't tell if it's because no one questions it. Like this would be a point where like Donna should pipe up with like, "Oh, you're just gonna like fund his election? Isn't yeah. that bad?" <laughs> like, and then we get a teledon about, "Oh, actually, it's not bad or whatever." But like, there's no attempt at that. Like, yeah, there's it's, nothing. It's very, very bizarre. Not only just by by virtue of the fact that it's a clear pre quid pro quo and corrupt as hell but like the the understanding of the legal nuance in american bloodthirst is just very it's kind of icky like it just makes you Mm. go why so yeah and again this is this is why these plot lines were were unfortunate and bad and and ruined the rest of the episode (laughs) because again the plot line with the native americans in the lobby actually not that bad ultimately and it resolves quite nicely um, where basically CJ goes back to them and is like, okay, after that we realize that, yes, not only have we fucked up on the, the greater sense of, like, America and Native Americans, but we fucked up on, like, your specific inquiry that was supposed to be addressed 15 years ago. Uh, okay, so we have two options. A, I'll have the police come in and, and pull you out of here and you'll get to make your scene and you'll get your story and you'll get attention that way. Or B, we can go into my office, we'll reschedule the appointment uh, for Monday and we'll pay all your expenses for the weekend. And luckily they pick option B. Yeah, they're just like, well, you know, if you can put us up yeah. and feed us, that's fine. We just Yeah, they just wanted reasonable accommodation. Attempt yeah. at, a, te- a reasonable attempt at a trying to address their issue. Yeah. You know, and not just be brushed off with like, well, you know, we'll get back to you. Well, this is like almost accidentally, this is another one of I think this episode has its ups and downs cuz a lot of it was real shitty, but like this the closing line that yes. she gets in is like almost inspiring like i was hooting and hollering here like the yeah, writers are yeah, going put, for ham yeah put the clip in actually how do you keep fighting these smaller injustices when they're all from the mother of injustices what's the alternative yeah 
(laughs) Yeah, it's it's like, it's really good and really... Again, if you could isolate just this plotline from this episode and somehow make it a full-length episode, it would actually probably be a really good episode of the West Wing or just fill it with other good plot lines. But it's just these other plot lines, like, suck so much energy out of it and it's so scattered and all over the place that it doesn't really keep the coherency of this one, (laughs) even though it is the titular plot line that is supposed to be the main focus of the episode. Yeah, well, and it's helped by, I don't know, I think the, it's strange having to sort of um, confront stereotypes in real time as we do this, like, media critique, because it's like, you have this image and this picture of how your your quote-unquote Native American kind of looks and speaks, and these characters fulfill it in a certain regard within, again, the framing of the show. So, like you find yourself rooting for him, even though I, you know, it's literally like it's, it's sun. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's like the, the show isn't explicitly saying anything about the, the severity or a moral attachment to these people's issues. However, well, see, CJ sort of is. Yeah. Especially her interaction with Leo because fucking Leo, the, and oh, yeah, I'm uh, going, yeah. we're, we're going to touch on this too, because Leo is like, he he ain't doing shit. And CJ right. comes in and, and is and like... So CJ comes in and is like, give them five minutes, have a, a five-minute meeting with them, and they get to go walk away saying, we met with the chief of staff of the White House. And that will be that will make them happy, at least for now. And, and Leo's like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing... Uh, fuck it. I'm not... What's he say? He says, I'm they not meeting with sit-in. people who staged a sit-in in the lobby. Fucking A. <laughs> uh, for... Uh, God, for God's sake! First of all, it is—it's a fucking public building. So I bet you that if this lawyer is good at her job, she could make a case for the fact that the people, the security is doing something illegal if they remove them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Actually, right. how if, that if works. nothing else, they're going to get a huge <laughs> press story out of it, and like, just Leo can't even take five minutes because of the print. Like, he's just doing the grown-up version of going, "No, uh, I don't want to do it." I don't want to. Well, and he goes, he, uh, to his credit, like, John Spencer, like, goes in on the line, too. He's like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. more he's, emotive he's, than I've seen him. He's flaring nostrils. Yeah. He's angry. <laughs> like, yeah. He is so mad at the idea of having to meet with p- hippies, I guess, essentially. Like, that, like the sit-in line. Yes. Which, you know, especially yes. since they're not actually sitting, it's just, like, projecting hippie hate onto yes. them. And actually, now that you mention it, that makes a lot of sense because I... And I swear to God, this is, again, sort of confirming prejudices, but it's like you associate Native Americans. They have names like this one, this, the guy's name, I can't remember. It's like John Eagle Feather or something. Right. And you have Leo yeah. sitting here being like, oh, those goddamn hippies. It's like, yeah, uh, I'm not meeting, I'm not meeting with Eagle Wildflower yeah. or whatever. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah. So Leo's a fucking shithead <laughs> in this episode. Cool. So that's fun. And so, again, they, they close it out. With something that I thought, you know, was really good. I I, I dig that. What's the alternative line? Because frankly, mm-hmm. we use it a we lose it a lot in leftist organizing. It's yeah, you know, stand like, up, fight back. What are you gonna do? And I, I like I like the idea that uh, to the lib the lib consensus of the show finds this mindset one uh, uplifting, but two also incomprehensible fundamentally. You know, like, oh, you're going to just keep fighting for justice anyway? Hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> even though you're not sure you're going to win. Huh. But, but we, already, we already compromised. 
<laughs> isn't that yeah. isn't that what we're looking for? <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time, it paints it as very uplifting of like, ah, yes, isn't it so noble how they're fighting for justice and we'll never get to hear about if they got it or <laughs> what happens to them. But, oh, it's such a noble struggle, isn't it? Like, it, 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 there's a little bit of that, too. Yeah, yeah. and, and we, we can also just, again, I'll emphasize the fact that we don't get any definitive conclusion nope. we just nope <laughs> do you think we are ever going to see either of these two characters again you are a sucker <laughs> you must not Unless be the listening episode... to or watching much of this show <laughs> which is probably good long term <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah unless the episode starts with part one you are not going to see like any recurring characters show back show back up that are meant to be like one-off episode characters issue-based characters R- if you will yeah <laughs> r- rarely we'll see like you know your joey lucas's or whatever yep. but that's a different story but yeah uh and then i guess the last thing to wrap up real quick is just that abby uh flips out a little bit about the thanksgiving plans being shifted last minute and they kind of get into a little argument about it and and because the president's still mad about the fact that it got pulled or it was a political issue at all well and it's because abby's abby's operating in his space like abby is also monitoring things and and like the 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 state of reality and the political like the, the yeah mood. he doesn't ideally he doesn't want her doing that at all or something stupid eh, you know he's being a big dumb dumb this episode well, and, and frankly this is actually it's great because abby's great and wonderful period she actually yeah. like she flips out and at she's him. in the cast and everything which adds for a nice touch like. well she flips out at him because she she's like you can't reschedule this building has to close because there are dozens of people who work here. Like, yeah. you're going to keep them all here for Thanksgiving, you asshole. Yeah. 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 Actually, we have one so, more thing to talk about, which is the fucking Butterball Hotline. Oh, oh, you actually want to dig in on it? I okay, mean, sure. Yeah. It is, it's very funny. Uh, I like how it probably wouldn't work nowadays because if they were trying to enter the address, it would be trying to like Google it and it would be like, that's not a real address. <laughs> well, I think Martin Sheen does a very good job of like be, of getting caught out, being completely yes. unprepared to be like, yes, um, it's, it's literally the Homer Simpson, like one, two, three fake street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very funny. Uh, it's well, it's well written. It's well delivered. The, uh, <coughs> when he starts going, they're like, do you have a good meat thermometer, sir? He's like, oh yes, it was given to me as a gift by the king of, and Toby just holds his hand up to be like, wait, you're not the president. And he's yep. like, the king of auto sales in Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> well, and I also like that they, they basically snap their fingers and make Charlie look up, <laughs> probably in a book, the zip code for Fargo North Dakota. Yeah, in like two seconds and then run it into the room on a post-it. Yeah. Well, and so, and actually... Before you had Google, you had Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of things that you should maybe know, I highlighted yes. this in the fucking notes. It's how the fuck has the president gotten to a point where he has an insano handed down turkey recipe with 18 spices and brining and oysters in it, but does not know that people get sick from undercooked stuffing. What the well, he just, fuck? He assumes that the stuffing cooks to the temperature of the turkey <laughs> when, it, when it does not. Like, that's that's the problem. Like, I, can, I, I can identify people in my lived experience that have gotten sick from Thanksgiving right. stuffing. Like, yeah, well, by the, the way, 60 years I, old. Don't cook your stuffing in in the bird. Just cook it in a casserole. It's much better that way. I mean, it's and, it's cool to do the fucking Julia Child like French 
artistic cooking shit, but don't make your guests sick, for God's sake. Right, just, just cook your stuffing safely on its own, cook the turkey on its own. You can put some aromatics in there, you don't need to stuff it with stuffing. Yeah. Put a put an onion and some apple slices. Uh, do brine your turkey, though. Oh, 100%. Uh, as much as Bartlett is spurging out about it, it is absolutely worth it. If you can brine it, uh, even just the night before or anything, I've had brine turkey. It's so, so moist. It stays so good. Uh, so that's that's the secret trick. If you're going to do anything, just go get a big plastic tub, fill it with water, some salt. You don't have to worry about fucking Bartlett's 17 <laughs> herbs and Bartlett's spices. coriander shit. and some, anise. Some salt and some sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know, look up a little brine recipe online. There's a bunch of them. Fucking brine your turkeys. Trust me, it's worth it. Yep. That's our PSA. That's our PSA <laughs> going into... Hey, appropriately enough, it's almost it Thanksgiving. It is almost that time. In, in our time as well as in West Wing time, mm-hmm. so... Um, is appropriately holiday-themed PSA tip. Yeah. So... Okay. That's about it for this episode. I mean, we can mm-hmm. wrap it up now. I don't think... Do we need okay. to cut again, or...? No. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's... Yeah, let's go right for it. Uh, go ahead and launch into the ending bit. <laughs> well, the ending bit is, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> if you... Oh, God, they changed the West Wing wiki on me. Oh, no. I can't get to the... Oh, where's no. the episodes? Where's the Where's the goddamn episodes list? Well, we know what it you is mu- because... You assholes. Ne- next, next week's episode will be episode eight of season three, The Women right. of Kumar, where right. we meet a very important new character um, for several reasons. And with any luck, we will be joined by... Our very first verifiable guest star here Yay. on the West Wing. Um, so we'll have a bit more of a conversational take to next week's episode, which is exciting. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. As always, uh, we appreciate any comments or feedback you post in the thread. Uh, if you found us a different way, you can shoot us an c- email at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. Nice. And uh, we will see you next week uh, for another fun episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. You have a good Thanksgiving. And you do, too. Thanks a lot. That was excellent. We should do that once a week. <laughs>